Glory. Hallelujah. Jesus. so amazing father we worship you we thank you for the saints assembling in the name of jesus from all over america here today and from all over the world we're here to worship your throne we're here to love you and sacrifice our souls and our flesh for you to melt for you in the fire of your love We pray tonight that if you would melt our souls with the fire of love, you could make our souls a chariot of rapture. The Ezekiel one lifting of the wheels. prayer of silence silencing the soul to Christ in the heart
Isaiah 46, verse 8. Return to your heart. Isaiah 46, verse 8. Return to your heart. Amen. Where are the deep things of God? Christ in you. I've been challenging myself. My favorite daily devotional this season is Madame Guyon's Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's so wild, you guys, because I just read it this year for the first time. And I'm not, I'm just so blown away by the revelations in that book, confirming, confirming the things that we've preached the last decade in this ministry. I mean, it's so wild. It's like she watches Joel's bar or something. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm astonished at God. See, the whole thing is getting out of the way so God can get through. And you think you'd get constant encouragement and people be rooting you on. It's the exact opposite. I've never gone to a new degree of glory that didn't have a new degree of persecution, misunderstanding, and attack. You're not applauded as you obey God. You're appalled. You're appalled. You're opposed. And we expect to be applauded because we're doing the right thing, but we're not applauded when we grow in the glory. We're appalled and opposed. And so very few people actually get into growth in the glory. Your family opposes it. <laughs> Your family member, uh, my family members have said to me 25 times, we liked you better before the glory. And so every single thing of the human nature opposes your spiritual growth in the glory of God, and you have to come to a de determination early on in your Christianity that you're going to live for the Father and His glory, the presence of His glory, and it's going to be extremely costly. What will it cost you? Absolutely everything good. We don't want any mixture, no idolatry. <laughs> and even though it still hurts, by obeying God, you expect the applause and the, the parade of man and the, the gifts should be flowing in for obeying God. Rarely did that ever happen in the scriptures. Almost all of them got the rewards after they died and went into heaven, and many of them are still waiting on us to get their physical rewards. Very few of them got their physical rewards. Hebrews 11 says that they were even waiting for their rewards, that they didn't get them in this life, and this world was not worthy of them. So really, truly obeying God and walking with God is extremely costly. And even though tons of people know about God, walking with God in the glory is a sacrifice so severe to produce the glory of God that few have ever done it. I mean, who has walked like Enoch? I mean, less than you can count on one hand in the history of 12 billion souls in humanity. 
And so we have all this knowledge about Enoch, but what was the actual sacrifice? And you put that before people's faces, they will laugh at you hysterically. They will think you're utterly crazy. And so we've come to a place where we have so much mystical information. The most mystical information, we have the most information about Enoch, the most information about the Bible. Everyone has 150 translations at the thumb of their finger. <laughs> I mean, right here on your phone, you have access to 150 translations. No one in history has ever had such access to divine information that we have now. So you are completely flooded with knowledge. Now the only issue is self-sacrifice. You are not flooded with self-sacrifice. <laughs> I wish we were flooded with the sacrifice of the self. Because then we'd already be in the kingdom age. We'd already be in the floods. The hospitals would be dissolved. The police departments dissolved. There'd be no hunger. There'd be no poverty. There'd be no sickness. But we're, we haven't gotten there yet because there is still a tremendous amount of obedience to the information we've readily received in this generation. This is the information age. What are you going to do with the information given to you? Direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Hanging around the temple, hanging around the apostles, hanging around the prophets is very, very dangerous. Because even though you're going to get more information than anyone else in the world about God and His ways, Unless you obey them, you're better off having never hearing them. Scripture declares that. There is an accountability for what you hear. <laughs> so oftentimes God has told me in the past when people would come in and they'd just leave right away. He's like, it's for their safety. Because they would never bear the fruit of it. They're not willing to pay any price. Um, they're more interested in just fluff for their souls instead of true spiritual food and strong meat to build up their spirit into full spiritual stature. And so you have to count the cost before you go to war, Jesus said. No king goes to war before he counts the cost. He counts his soldiers. He looks at what it's going to take, what the enemy has, what he has. And then it's like, okay, let's do this fight to the death and you wrestle with God and as you wrestle with God all the serpent nature is wrestled out of you <laughs> you're not wrestling with serpents you're wrestling with God the serpent isn't an issue God is the only issue the serpent lives by default in the selfishness of the unmelted soul God is fire and his fire is love. And his fire and his love are completely other from human. And so when we come into the fire of love, our souls taste God. And they taste death. What does the scripture say? No one can come through the Father except through the Son. And unless they take up their cross and follow me, they are not my disciples. The death life, the life that's in the death, the pressure of his cross 
upon our bones, brains, hearts, and spiritual bowels for the springs of heaven to come through people who live a selfless life. A selfless life is not a denying life. <laughs> Quite the opposite. It's a feasting life. This isn't the denial of self to just have an external discipline. This is the crucifixion of the serpent in the garden, in the flesh, in the soul, and in the spirit for God's spirit and God's soul and God's flesh to be manifest through a human being who's altogether new, 2 Corinthians 5.17, meaning no longer is any part of you fallen, demonic, sinful, wicked, evil, selfish, all of that is dead. And what's alive now is Christ. And so coming into a revelation that the whole world has been crucified with Christ, and by believing that, there becomes a manifestation of its power by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit examines the heart for what substance? Faith. The Lord is coming. When he comes, what will he find? Faith. He's looking for faith. Who has manifested my works by faith? That's the only thing Scripture says that Jesus examines when he comes in his second coming. He's looking for people that have manifested his cross through their spirit, souls, and flesh, which means who did something with this stuff? You got floods of information. That's not the floods of Noah. <laughs> That's not the floods of glory. It might be seed. Information, words are seed. Unless they fall to the ground and die, they can bear no fruit. So you got just a smorgasbord and a feast of all this stuff, 150 translations, the best, most accurate, glory, revelation-filled teaching of all time at your disposal. You can listen to the mysteries of heaven on YouTube 24-7 for free. No other generation had that. That wasn't even possible 20 years ago. Only in the internet has this even been possible that the closest friends to God have a public ministry and are not just globally shut down by demons. Now you also have people that can have a stage that aren't the voice of God, so it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, but you can know them by their fruit. But those that can wean through the fire of God, bad food and good food, have a feast prepared before them. Every single person in the planet has a feast, a feast of revelation, a feast of fresh bread, a feast of the apostolic and the prophetic, the guidance and the governance of Jesus Christ through his leaders. It's already been prepared. It's already available. The issue is, what are you going to do with it? It's not about hearing the word. It's about doing the word. A lot of hearers hanging around the temple, hearing, hearing, hearing. The issue is to putting them into action taking the chance and the leap of faith which is sacrificial painful and scary for everyone who's been a hearer but not a doer and we're, we've all been there we're all in different levels of doing what we've heard i no person here can say i've done 100 percent of what i've heard you're a liar you're growing up into that you're learning to do everything you've heard from god that's called spiritual maturity that's the fruitfulness of the seed of the word of god working in you 
What it's going to take is you getting out of your comfort zone. What it's going to take is you challenging everything in you and through you to the perfection of the Father. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Oh, it's easy for you to say. No, it's the same for everyone to say. And it's the same for everyone to do and obey. And it's his energy readily available by the Holy Spirit that will empower your heart to do the impossible. <laughs> we know the verse, with God, all things are possible. Do you believe it? Have you tested it with finances? Have you tested it in your electric bill? Have you tested it with spouses? Have you tested it with children and the elderly? Have you tested it with Glock 9 millimeter pointed at your head? Have you tested it on a street level, on a business level? What is your wisdom with the word of God you receive? Does it work in every situation and circumstance, or is it still in seed form and hasn't gone into your spirit and been tested by death? Isn't it interesting that the words you receive from God have to fall into your spirit and die? How many of y'all know that's the overcoming of the fear of death and all fears, which are all covenants with the altars of demons, are in death? So until that word dies, there's something else that your brain's connected to in the realm of the natural, and it ain't God. And we're all in a process of having those cables and cords broken off our brainstem. Wonderful. Everything that attaches us and anchors us to the realm of the natural gets snipped or circumcised as the spirit receives the word and the soul gets bold and courageous in the yes and amen. <laughs> Peter walking on water. John on Patmos. I will take this gospel, Thomas, to India, to the ends of the world discipling the nations with what God planted in your spirit, tested in facing the angel of death. And it does take that pressure. It takes that pressure in your heart. It takes that pressure in your mind for that seed to unlock, sprout, and hatch within your spirit. The word goes in, but did it sprout in your spirit? then you'll get 30, 60, 100 fold of what was sown into that human soil, that spirit. So when everyone opposes you, understand that pressure will hatch the seed. You are blessed when you are persecuted, Matthew chapter 5. If they treated the master of the house this way, how much more will they treat the students? <laughs> They called Jesus a cult leader. They called him a false prophet. They called him every name in the book to discredit him, smear his reputation. If you are following the Lord Jesus in 2020, people will say these same things about you. Why? The glory of God confronts witchcraft, the sin of religious rebellion. Are you guys confronting witchcraft? All rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Simple, simple stuff, but very, very sacrificial and costly, very real as you're going through it. And you got to go through it to get wise. Wisdom builds her seven pillars. And why doesn't she already have seven pillars? 
Because we're full of madness and folly, which is rebellious witchcraft, the curse of the fall. The very substance of the fallen angels by default fills every vacuum of every soul that wisdom hasn't been built in. So it's, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from death. You're starting from hell. That's accurate. <laughs> you are coming not just out of nothingness. You're coming out of death and hell. You're coming out of the kingdom of hell. You're coming out of 200 demons that have been lying to you and all your generations back 6,000 years. Wide path of destruction, meaning everything that's been built generation after generation by the arm and brain of flesh. Remember the two parts left by the dogs <laughs> in the story of Jezebel. All of that has encompassed you and encased you from birth and that's why so many of us have had such horrible lives until we found Christ you didn't grow up in heaven you grew up in hell and the people that had the lukewarmness in between don't really fully realize how much hell in the kingdom of hell they grew up in and so they have all these opinions that are just human and false and just the deception is everywhere and that's really the fruit of the surface level of the kingdom of hell is being completely deceived and not understanding what you are born into and why you must be born again. Only the sick know they need a doctor. Well, we haven't realized the sickness in humanity for our total dependency on the doctor, Jesus Christ. Very few have. And so that substance that fills people that says that I'm okay, I'm doing good, and I'm a good person, all of that is the pride of the fallen angels thinking they can build a kingdom apart from God's kingdom. All of that ignorance, deception, all of it, everywhere, any ounce of doubt and unbelief inside a human heart is the presence of Satan. And it's deep, and it's real, and you encounter it every moment that you're on this earth. <laughs> And it just can't be avoided. Anytime you go out your house, you will come around the doubt and unbelief of the fallen angels inside human beings that are completely ignorant of spiritual realities, but are playing out the physical realities from the spiritual world. Just because you don't believe you're a spirit that has a soul that lives in the body doesn't mean that it's not true. It's going on automatically in your spirit, and your spiritual inheritance is forfeit to demons until your spirit is born again, born of the spirit and born of the water, John chapter 3. And then you come into the realm of the spirit and his angels and actually have an inheritance in that eternal realm with Jesus Christ. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus Christ. And so you begin to participate with Jesus Christ's inheritance of the spiritual world and cleanse it out with his power and his kingdom. It's called getting saved. And we start to do damage to hell and we start to take back what the enemy stole from us of Adam and Eve in the beginning. And we start to see what the struggle in this world actually is and we start to get wise. We realize we have mortal enemies. A red dragon that is sitting there at the woman waiting to devour whatever is birthed out of the kingdom realm of your spiritual womb. And then, whoa, this pearl of great price, I am not going to allow the enemy to destroy it through any man or woman. Because just like the kingdom of heaven is only within men, 
and women, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of hell is only within men and women. And I don't think we fully realized how that works yet. Psalms 82, you tolerate the persons of the wicked, therefore all the foundations of the earth are out of order. What does it mean to tolerate? It means to tolerate a spiritual womb that might have an outward whitewashing, but you're not seeing the heart, and that person is birthing the things out of the self-nature, which is the kingdom of hell. The self-nature is the very curse of the fall still working inside souls that haven't been melted by the fire of God. Seven golden lampstands. What makes you a member of the seven churches or God's perfect church on earth? The fact that your soul is melting like wax. <laughs> if you are not being melted, are you in the lampstand? Are you under the fire? Remember the seal of the new covenant was the resting tongues of fire. This is my bride. I've consummated my marriage and filled them with my inner substance of my holy of holies fire. And the wick burning upon their brain is the evidence that they are mine. Are you living under that fire? Is your brain, your skull, your bones, your heart, your blood, your bowels, and every organ not melting under the weight of his glory fire continuously? Amen. That's what makes you his candlesticks. And so we got all these candles right now because God is melting our souls. What is this season of the increase of the glory of God? Do you know what glory is? The Shekinah that burned in the bush. The man of fire that spoke to Moses face to face on the mountain. What is the glory of God, but the melting of his fire upon your hearts and not just your hearts where you need it in the renewing of your mind. Will you melt your mind? Will you become mindless? Will you become metamorphosized? Romans 12, 2. It's the only way to grow in salvation is to melt like wax. You're his seven golden lampstands. Now he's the gold. He's holding you. A lampstand holds the lamp. It holds the candle. He lit you on fire the day you're born again. That fire can never go out unless you count it as worthless. Some, sometimes people get seven times worse. I've seen it a thousand times. The latter condition worse than the former, that they're worse after they're born again when they backslide. Some of you have had that experience. <laughs> that you went back like a dog returning to their vomit is the backslider returning to their sin. And you're like, man, I guess I didn't cherish that living water, that glory, keeping my soul clean. The only spirit on this earth that can keep you clean, that can keep you burning. <laughs> and so you begin to cherish that fire, that presence of God in your heart more than anything else. Then temptations come, you fall seven times, you get back up again, and you learn to just burn. And the fire washes you, and the fire cleanses you, and the fire burns away the dross of anything the enemy has put in you and upon you and around you. All you need for success is the fire of God. I myself will be a wall of fire around you and the glory within you, declares the Lord. <laughs> 
And the Lord your God is an all-consuming fire, a jealous God. And you have not come to Mount Sinai, that even an animal touches and it must be stoned to death. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of innumerable angels. And as you climb Mount Zion, the fire intensifies and the melting grows. How do you know a mature one from an immature one? How melted is their soul? Are they intact? Or are they just a melted mess? Amen. <laughs> do you know only by the melting of your wax can you grow into the light of stardom? The seven golden lampstands become seven stars in his right hand. It's really the transition and one level of revelation from Technon to Huyos. That the wax melted all the way through. Oh my gosh. Does that excite you? The melting of your soul like wax in the presence of his glory fire? <laughs> and you know where it takes place? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Thanks be to God. You will never get the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside a soul that isn't completely melted of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And it's a burning and a burning and a churning and a melting. <laughs> and you go through the growth pains, holding on to stuff. I don't want this to go. My little blankie, my little false covering. Me helping God be God. Me and my opinions of how God can be a better God. We all got them. And it's fun to joke about because we've had them burned up so much over the years. But other people still wrestle with this stuff. And it's scary for a young person, a toddler in the spirit, to deal with things of maturity is like a total letting go. It's walking on water in the midst of the storm. To them, it seems like life and death. To you who have lived through literally dozens and hundreds of storms, yeah, you can chuckle. It's okay to laugh about this stuff and encourage the younger soldiers in the Lord, just like they would on a battlefield. They mess with them, but it's healthy. It's to spur them on to have more experience. Very, very healthy. Be a good soldier in fighting the good fight of faith. You are going to be tested in areas you don't even know you have. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> You're going to fail more times than you can count, but you're going to get back up again, and you're going to burn hotter. God's not going to leave you, and he's not going to forsake you. And if you know that, you know he's with you through and through, you'll become the greatest soldiers of all time, called Joel's Army, or Revelation 19, Riders of the White Horse. Riders of the Apocalypse, Riders of the Unveiling of the Throne Room of God, which means Apocalypse. <laughs> The apocalypse has nothing to do with Satan. Zero. Not even one mention of the Antichrist in the entire book of Revelation. Not one. Only the unveiling of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm telling you, the fear of the Lord Jesus is the beginning of wisdom. Do you know who he is? We even come into a place where we're like, Father, 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 and Father's big and powerful. Listen, Jesus is equally the same. Trinity. Can't separate the Father and the Son. That's insanity. It's one God. You've seen the Son. You've seen the fullness of the Father. 
Do you honor the sun? There's a place of knowing the sun's power. Do you know the name and the nature of the sun? Is it written on your foreheads? How well do you know him? How much have you taken his banner, which is a sign of war, into the enemy's camp and just say, this is mine now. This air's mine, this mountain's mine, and the spiritual mountain, this city, this flesh and blood, and the rivers that run through it, and all the influence through the souls in the region. It's mine now. I have a banner over me that's love, and the banner is a war banner against Satan's false love. You can say against hate, but it's really not against hate because that's obvious. You don't need any wisdom or discernment against hate. You don't need to be a Christian to discern hate. You know a hater. They talk about haters everywhere out there, and they're right, and that's accurate discernment. What you need the Holy Ghost to discern is the false love of the fallen angels, the light in you that's actually darkness, called pride. That's the only thing that blinds you down here. <laughs> it's not hate. It's false love. It's man's ability to be a false god. Have I not said you are gods, but you'll perish like men? That ain't being sons of God. That's being little Elohims little wannabes and pretenders that do their own thing in some religious fluff on their head and then die and go to hell afterwards and have no rewards. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. That's the kind of filth of the fallen angels, the true light of the world that has come into the world, and you are the city of that light that exposes the false light that's actually darkness. So is there an, an exposing of false Christianity right now? What do you think unveiling means? So are the revealers or the unveilers the enemy of the fakes and phonies? Remember in Elijah's day, it was 850 to 1. Prophets of Baal, prophets of Asherah. Jezebel ran the whole synagogue system in Israel. Yes, there's 6,000 out of 10 million that haven't bowed their knees to the Baals. <laughs> and Elijah is their leader. <laughs> and so you got about one real prophet to eight. 850 false prophets. Now, that seems like, oh, that'd be so easy to discern. Listen, you weren't there. The whole nation, except 6,000, followed the Baals and followed Jezebel. The odds, if you were there, you would probably have been false. If you want to humble yourself and be accurate according to what went on in Israel in that day. It's like, oh, I'd be, I, and I hope you're right. The issue is, we often assess ourselves inaccurately. We think that if I was in Jesus' day, I would have been one of his disciples. I would have been John the Beloved leaning on his head. We probably would have been chanting Barabbas. <laughs> if, I mean, to be honest. And I mean, at least many times in our life. And the thing about it is Peter, James, and John at different times totally messed up and had moments, Barabbas moments. <laughs> Give us the murderer instead of God because, man, my soul needs a break from melting like candle wax. And listen, there's grace for that. Jesus died for the people that were murdering him. And you also, as you grow in your melting, which is your manifesting, will die for your persecutors. That doesn't mean they'll ever change because, honestly, I've been doing this 15 years. Most don't. Almost no one ever comes back and apologizes you for saying a thousand bad things about you behind your back. They don't, they take the consequences. We pray for enemies, we bless their enemies. But the actual thing is you staying clean in your heart and mind with God as you grow through it. That you are 
still crucified today like you were 10 years ago. <laughs> you didn't come off the cross. The pressure of the external realm has not caused you to let up or slow down in any way of the melting of your self-nature. See, to finish strong, you have to die equally today as in your most desperate moments. That's the hardest thing of a disciplined one or a disciple of Jesus Christ. That when you get 100 financial partners in your ministry or your business has 25 people scheduled and the things get consistent and they start flowing, can you still put yourself under the same pressure of the fire of God in those moments and not settle for complacent satisfaction? That's the mark of a champion. <laughs> That's the mark of someone who truly has God in their first love gate. And the high place of their heart is built for the throne of God and nothing else. And you can live in that place, but it's going to take testing. It's going to take fire. It's going to take circumstances. You will experience everything I preach at Joel's Bar practically in your own lives through men and women. And it will be a thousand times more real. And it will be outside your comfort zones. And that's what you need the most. And it will make you real. Hallelujah. Nothing better than being made real gold. God doesn't want dross. He won't even tolerate it. And we think, oh, God, come on, let up. Listen, there are standards here. There is a protocol in approaching God boldly. The protocol is called boldness. <laughs> you want to listen to formula? Be courageous because it's going to feel like your flesh is melting like wax. Just be bold, man. Joshua and Caleb, listen, we got armies of angels here beyond your wildest imagination. All I need you to do is to be bold. You just go in there, wave your swords around. Look at Gideon. Just make noise and let your light shine. Just be bold. Isn't that wild? How much more of the new covenant since you have innumerable angels of Mount Zion that you're not coming to the types and shadows of Sinai now? <laughs> you have come into the reality that they symbolized. You have come to the very throne of God the Father. And every single one of you has full access beyond the veil if you can bring your soul into the center of your heart. We read it in Isaiah. Return to your heart. What does that mean? Return your outer man to submission to your inner man. God is spirit. Wow. Those who worship God, who obey God, who are really godly, are in spirit. What does it mean? That they live out of their heart. Primary. What's the love gate? What's the first love? That my spirit is on fire with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Colossians 2.10. You are made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and have reached full spiritual fire which is stature, the full burning and magnificent of his fire. And where will the fire burn? In your hearts. And what will it burn out? Your souls. In Jeremiah chapter 5, my word is fire in your bones. It'll burn your souls. It'll burn your spirit. It'll expand in your spirit. Since God is fire and God is spirit, where is the union with the Father? In your spirit in the birthplace 
of the womb. Greek word innermost being can also be translated womb. Out of your womb flows rivers of living water, but of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost. How can you get rivers out of a womb? Well, we know about the breaking of the water and the birthing of a child in the realm of the natural, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. So how do we birth the Son of God's living waters? We have natural waters in natural childbirth. We get spiritual waters in spiritual childbirth. And only in that place will you find the mouth of the red dragon. Trying to devour whatever you're birthing out of those supernatural waters because Satan's got a counterfeit for all heaven on earth and keeps the whole world deceived. This is the man who deceived the whole world, Revelation says. They will look upon the man. I mean, talking about a six-foot angel figure that will appear like a Spanish prince and they'll say this man deceived the whole world yep that guy that brain that soul that mind that spirit deceived the whole world that angel deceived the whole world one angel isn't that crazy and we all followed him why because we didn't have the spiritual strength to stand but through Jesus Christ you do it's all about stature how many times does Paul say, let your inner man be energized with superhuman strength? In another place, he says, with the spirit of might, dunamis power that works and is enkindled within you. It's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Where is it working? In your spirit. Why? Because God's spirit. You think you're going to have spiritual vision, spiritual words, spiritual understanding, spiritual wisdom? Listen, it's called the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord. So that's a lot of spirituality. Wow. Why? God is spirit. Your creator is a spirit. The word spirit can also be translated angel, and that's accurate. Wow. Well, so we know chimpanzees gives birth to chimpanzees, zebras to zebras, giraffes to giraffes, humans to humans. Where do the angels come from? Oh, God's angelic nature. Interesting. Living creatures. Oh, God's living creature nature. Now God's got a lion face. Oh, so he created expressions even in the animal kingdom out of his nature. And man's soul and man's breath to animate and take care of the animal's which he told Adam and Eve. But who takes care of the angels? Who takes care of the high things? Only God and his sons. He is looking for mature ones to rise out of the animal kingdom of the earth, the realm of flesh and blood, and to rise up into the angelic kingdom. And they shall rule and reign with him a thousand years. Where? Revelation 5.10 tells you, from the angelic sphere. And Luke chapter 20 says, and they are the angel-like sons of God, the children of the resurrection. What is he talking about? He's talking about a people whose spirit is fully built up in the spirituality of God the Father. What does it mean to be a son of God? That you are the exact representation of the invisible God, the outreign brilliance of the light being. You, not Jesus. Now Jesus came into you in seed form called the word of God. So you have the same potential of manifesting the same divinity as the firstborn amongst many from the realm of religion, the dead. The realm where the brain is connected to the outer man's ability. Now I'm connecting my brain to Isaiah 46, 
return to my heart. And there in my spiritual heart, I have realized the glory. Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of returning to your heart. <laughs> is there anything else? What do we do when our consciousness is controlled by the spirit in our heart? The spirit of Jesus in our heart. Well, then we burn. Then we melt like candles. And the issue is how connected, which happens by revelation, can we get our brain to Christ and our spirit? Revelation is our daily feast that connects the brain to Christ. How are you saved? By hearing a living word, which is called revelation. Revelation light. It's a word full of glory. The word of glory comes forth and the mind says, whoa, I've never heard anything like that before. And you agree and then you experience the light or the grace that was in the word. Acts says that the word of his grace is able to set apart for you the inheritance for those who are sanctified. That if you are a receiver of the word and a believer of the word, you will be a doer of the word. And how do you do the word? Bear its fruit. You know, works is the fruit of the spirit, just like love, joy, and peace. There's works on my tree. This is a work called broadcasting. I didn't do broadcasting for the first half 10 years or something after I was born again. I didn't do works. That fruit hadn't bore on my spiritual tree. What did I do? I grew in love, grew in wisdom, eating and receiving the word, learning from the apostles and prophets that have gone before me, developing my spiritual stature so I could be a tree of life that could replicate the seed of God in the garden and each word would have a fruit-bearing seed for harvest, which is increase of God's light and water through human hearts. Amen. And so you learn by growing. And you learn by failing. We don't give failing enough credit. Why? That's the pride nature. Got to be perfect. There's such a high standard around here. Listen, the greater the glory, the stupider you're going to look. <laughs> and you know what? It's a melted candlestick anyway. Who cares? God is the best diaper changer in the whole world. He gets his hands messy. He's got enough sanitizer. He just put it right in the fire. Just all the poop burns. The manure pile of your life just melts away, burns away. Let him clean you up and let him go in deeper. Don't hide your mess from God. That's one of the big mis biggest mistakes we make as young Christians. It's saying, well, God is so holy, I'm so unholy. Get your unholiness on his altar as close to him as you can get. If you are a drug addict, get close to the most anointed person and let that anointing burn you up. Don't hide in a dark room. You get out there and get it, bring it into the light. Get around anointed people. Get around people on fire for God. People that are reading their Bible, praying in tongues. People that are worshiping God in spirit. People that are drinking the river of life. People that know about the fountain of the Lamb. And get all your stuff out there to get washed. Don't harbor stuff in your heart because later on it's just going to come up anyway. And then it's going to be ten times bigger mess. 
people hold on to stuff in their heart. I see it. It was there 10 years ago, and all of a sudden be like, man, that person fell away. No, they actually fell away 10 years ago. It just manifested this week. See, because God's time is when it happens in the spirit, not when it materializes in the na natural. You could fake it for 40 years in the wilderness and then die in unbelief. And No, they died 40 years ago when they didn't believe the word of Moses. They were dead 40 years ago. It just took 40 years for it to manifest. Adam and Eve died when they came out of the glory. It just took 900 years to materialize. You need to see as God sees in spirit real time, not in the fading after effects in the realm of the natural. That's just complete, you know, like a one of those tests, carbon dating tests. There's no accuracy to that. Who knows? Millions of years off. <laughs> When it happened in the spirit is when God said it happened. When you happened in the spirit is when God said you were birthed. When you grew in your heart, in your spirit, is when you had true spiritual growth. Oftentimes, completely and totally non-visual to everyone around you. That's why the wheat and the tares grow up until harvest and then the tares are taken first bound in bundles to be burned i've never met a tear to this day that knew they were a tear <laughs> not a single one ever admitted it <laughs> but listen i've watched them get bound bound in bundles by the hundreds over the years and i'm always trying to help them uproot that tree man there's another kingdom here don't come around just be a hearer Start being a doer, a sacrificer, getting real in your spirit, sacrifice in your heart. And it's horrifying, and people often will not go into their root system. They will not go into their own heart to start over again. So you basically build up people for a fall. Remember, he causes his rain to fall on the just and unjust. The unjust grew right alongside the just. In the outside realm look exactly the same wheat and tear exactly the same can't even tell until harvest and one bows feels the glory has a sensitivity to god's heart is controlled by the spirit and these other people can't even feel the spirit are, are of a completely different kingdom but yet they've been living with you for 10 years they've been around you for 10 years you've fellowshiped them with them on facebook for five years and it, it's astonishing because when you're a sheep, I'm telling you, you don't have the capabilities to discern goats. When you're a wheat, you don't have the capabilities of discerning tares. And God hasn't given them to you. He just wants you to keep growing in love. Stop, you don't judge. See, that's the thing. The, the weeds were drinking and stealing from the wheat. And the wheat thought that was them just loving the weeds. I got to keep loving these people, these fruit testers. They're taking my water, they're taking my light, and I'm, they're growing right alongside with me, but they're mean to me. They're stealing from me. And you have a sense, but you are not legally allowed to judge them, to criticize them. Those are the testings of your days of small beginnings. When you're an immature Christian, can you still love when you're surrounded by hypocrites? I don't go to church full of hypocrites. Of course it is. That's the greatest test for wheat and sheep. 
You're not go going around everyone that's the rock-solid disciple. You're not going to find that. It doesn't exist. Because in every place in the world, sheep, goats, wheats, tares, wives, foolish, all grew up together. And what is your reaction to the kingdom of hell, the religious kingdom, the pride nature, the withholding spirit, is always keep giving, 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 and you never get bitter. You never drink the sour wine. You keep letting him increase inside you, and it comes to a place of maturity that judges the things that have been killing, stealing, and destroying from your heart, sometimes for 25 years. And so it's actually no surprise that the glory would mature the things of the devil around you. And people are often slow to let God judge the demon and the devil that they've tolerated around them. But there comes a time of judgment, and that time for many, many people is now here, that the things that the enemy has grown in around you will be taken away. You've heard of the rapture? There's no rapture, only a crapture, the removing of all the crap that's in the world. Amen. That's true. Hallelujah. Thank you for the crapture. And the fire of God will remove the crap. Amen. Your job is to continue to burn and melt. And they will criticize you. They'll say you're judgmental. You're not loving. I'm not loving your demons. I'm not loving the seed of Cain growing in your heart. I'm not loving the seed of the evil one. I were of, you know, and so you just keep growing, you keep glowing, and eventually harvest comes, and God's angels will sort them out. And you know when God comes with his angels, there's no one protesting, there's no one saying no, no, no. When that seed matures, the angels take it and move it around. And so there's a great moving around and a shuffling, and it's wonderful, it's a little scary, but God's judgment is perfect. And it's a promotion of his sons and daughters. And what makes you a son and daughter? His seed that's grown up in your spirit. Other seeds that have grown up in people's spirit, oftentimes ones that are God outside minded and bewitched. Listen, guys, unless you know them on the inside, you don't know them at all. Are we the temples of the Holy Ghost or the temples of just flesh? And he's out there flying around in space. I tell you what, the ones that know him on the inside are the sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And out of your womb or innermost being will flow God's rivers of God's Spirit. Really the test of the separation comes from the birthing of the bride. What she births is what separates all the clean from the unclean, all the just from the unjust. Because she's birthing God's throne. <laughs> and, you know, it's painful. What's the pain? It's removing a lot of the stuff that you had tolerated for years. It's removing a lot of the stuff that God has asked you to love, but has never bore fruit. Like the fig tree. Just destroyed. Gone. Like Judas Iscariot, if we're honest. Just destroyed and gone was that a long time coming yes it was did jesus still just continue to love of course god is love it's the reaction in the human spirit to bearing god's fruit from god's word that determines 
if you go left or right, if I go the way of the devil or if I go the way of the Lord. And every single day, there's an option to choose for every man, woman, and child on this planet. When God's full glory comes, all excuses are removed. And I'm so excited for it. No one's going to say, but, but, but. It'll be just like, your judgments are true. That level of light where everyone's soul is laid bare in the light of God the Father's goodness and justice and righteousness and holiness. We want that now. That's what we're going after now. Do you realize there will be men and women that go after the full judgment of the Father's light in their spirit, soul, mind, and flesh hundreds of years before others? You want to go after the judgment of the Father. There is nothing better. If you got a little bit of sanctification, and this will spur you on to get a lot more, and sanctification is receiving God's judgment into your souls. Sanctify us, Lord. Your word washes us. Your word pierces us. The sword of the Spirit will pierce your souls. The sword of the Spirit will circumcise your souls. It will go through the rooms of the soul and kill every unclean thing. What does the Bible say? And eat it. Eat it where? Into the fire of your spirit. There is a burnt offering going on with the critters in your soul tonight. You'd be surprised the stuff that's actually being sacrificed. What are we offering God in his altar of fire? The room of our soul. The very intimacy of living within us. And what's burning? Every word from every other source that's not him. And so the light comes in and the opportunity to sacrifice arises. That's your opportunity today for actual spiritual growth. When God the Father, the Holy Spirit, convicts of righteousness, judgment, and a bunch of other stuff that he's dealing with in your life, will you give him the very things in your heart? Will you give him your opinions? Will you give him your self-promotion, your pompousness? Will you give him your appearances? Sometimes you got to do a five-year Nazarite vow because you're so vain, even though you're called into the fashion industry. He might deal with you in such unique ways to humble you and get you into the humility of his glory. And it's different. And you have to be open to receiving correction, training, and rebuke in all things from a loving father. Not to just beat us up because he's right and we're wrong. This ain't religion, man. God is only disciplining because he loves you and he's raising you out of the ways of the dead into the ways of the living. Meaning your thoughts change, your heart changes, your vision changes. Everything around you changes as you go from glory to glory, which is a stricter discipline to a stricter discipline, which is a greater freedom. The discipline of the Father produces the Garden of Eden life on earth. It is not a life of denial. It is a life of total extravagance God the Father's life the Zoe life (laughs) 
The river of life is here to take you up. The river of life is the spirit within the wheels of your soul, and the wheels are within the wheels. Now, God was telling me last night, the wheels are your soul, that every soul has four wheels. And you have the four living creatures, and the spirit of the creatures was in the wheels, and there was eyes in the wheels, and there was wheels within wheels. And so each soul has four wheels, and what looks like a wheel in your soul? The eyes were in the wheels, because your eyes are circles within circles. And so if you fix your eyes on Jesus, the spirit of the living creatures, the four faces of the four gospels of the word of God animates your soul and your soul becomes a chariot to the throne of God. He's the lifter of our souls, the lifter of our heads. You already have your vehicle. You already have your temple. You already have your chariot. You already have your soul. The issue is, can you let the fire of God work, the spirit of the living creatures, the gospel that's alive and powerful and working by its own inherent power throughout the whole earth of your souls, throughout the whole earth of your eyes, and the eyes were like a gyroscope. Why? Because on this cart is all the eyes of the world. We say, oh, that's the Ophanim, the eye angels. Yeah, it is. It's also the eyes of the world. That's the cart to the presence of God. You could call it your elevator. It will take all nations on this planet up before God, and they shall stand before the throne of God. They will live in the glory of God. It's a resurrection the third day of not just the believers, the unbelievers. Jesus said that the unbelievers would rise to eternal punishment and the believers would rise to eternal reward. Every single man, woman, and child is being lifted up. And the spirit of the creatures lifted up the wheels. What needs to be lifted up? The only thing that's fallen down here, the souls of the nations. He's not lifting up the fallen angels. All that stuff burns off you and goes away <laughs> as you're lifted up today. God's the most high. He's not lifted up. Your souls are lifted up. Your wheels are lifted up. Your eyes are lifted up. Lift up your ancient gates for the king of glory to come in. And he's going to come out too. He's going to flow right through you like a river of fire. And it's going to do a mighty work in the lust of your eyes. You're going to do a mighty work in the circles and the wheels within the wheels. And he's going to turn your soul into a chariot of fire. And God's going to ride in your soul. He's going to ride you like he rides the, the white horse in Revelation 19. And he's going to take you places. Peter, when you were younger, you went and did whatever you wanted to do. But when you're older, one stronger than you will bind you and take you to places you don't want to go. Oh, Lord, listen, do not be controlled like a horse with bitten brittle. Let him hold the reins of your face. <laughs> Amen. You can be just controlled in your face, in your eyes, in your ears, in your senses, in your feelings by just the very thoughts of his heart. So sensitive, so in love that whatever is moving the Father moves your body. True wind within the sails. He makes his angels winds. What are his angels doing? 
creating his dream life through your hearts. He is creating through this terrestrial plane, through flesh and blood, his desires. Not yours, the Father's. And there is no person more pleasured than the person birthing the desires of the Father. There is no person more relevant, more accurate, more in tune with reality than the men and women who have yielded their souls to the Father's desire. And many of them are you here today. And you are honored by heaven. You are honored by the cloud of witnesses. You are honored by the angels for your serving of your Father in heaven. The Son came not to be served, but to serve. What is your kingship? A servant king, a sacrificing king. We represent the kingdom of heaven that serves the nature of the Father. And the name and the nature of God the Father shall be written on their foreheads. And the Bible says, after the name of the Father is written on their foreheads, then the name of the city of the Father, the citizenship of the Father, the new Jerusalem is written on their foreheads. That's when the kingdom of the new Jerusalem, Mount Zion, city of innumerable angels, begins to materialize in the natural realm. And that's what's happening right now. Men and women that have walked that deep in the spirit and that much love with the Father, changing the world by his nature that changed them. In Jesus' name. We love you guys so much. Bless you for partnering with this ministry. When we disciple you and give you revelation and finances, oftentimes that's the least exciting thing people hear. And it's the least like posts that we make, but it's critical for you just as much as the fun angelic stuff and the silver trumpet stuff and all the wonderful stuff about the wheels and the gyroscopes. Listen, we need the practical stuff also of sacrificing finances of the natural realm. It's very important that you stay real and stay sacrificial, not just in the fun stuff, but also the stuff that's a little painful that confronts the idolatry in our heart, that we're really going deeper in our own heart and sacrificing from our own heart the valuable things in the natural realm to go deeper into the glory realm. It's a requirement. These are glory foundations, guys, and a lot of it still needs to be implemented in the people that are young in the glory living a sacrificial life both spiritually and naturally in all things for God's glory. In Jesus' name, we bless you guys. We love you guys. Be fully energized with this word in your spirit, and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.